Tamarindo Podcast. Un podcast para ti y para mí. Tamarindo Podcast is your hosts, Luis Octavio and Brenda Gonzalez. And we are your socially conscious talk show with a Latino vibe. We are amigos talking politics, food, music, and life. Welcome! On this episode of Tamarindo, we check in and talk a little bit about Pride. And then we have two amazing interviews, so this is a bit of a long episode. But first, we talk to Wendy Carrillo, who's candidate for State Assembly. And then we talk to Audrey Bellas, the creator of Brown Girls Rising podcast, and also the founder of Worthy Women. These are two amazing Latinas that are kicking ass in their community, and we're excited to bring their story to you. Hey, Luis, um, how, how are you doing? Let's do a little que pasa before we introduce folks to our episode. I know, nothing much. What's going on with you? Well, not, nothing. I know that the audio is a little funky because I'm calling you before you go to bed. <laughs> and so this is, we're closing out June, and I know that it's also the close of, of, uh, of Pride Month. And, and this year, what we did is we rebroadcasted last year's episode where it was a really powerful episode where you had shared your coming out story. I want to thank you again for doing that. So I know uh, folks were happy to revisit that, but I want to know how did you celebrate pride this year? I know. Thank you so much. I think um, for everybody who sent us a, a comment about um, revisiting that episode, um, you know, I got a, a couple of uh, direct messages and whatnot. So thank you so much for listening. Um, I actually, Fernando and I went to Pride here in um, in West Hollywood, and then there's Pride in Orange County coming up as well, which we'll be going. Um, but one of the one of the uh, there seems to be a lot going on with Pride this year. There's the the word resist seems to be coming up a lot, and um, we did go to to the uh, to the march or to the uh, parade um, in West Hollywood, and, and we happened to. To see Uriel signs with his, um, he had like an avant-garde dress with this long tail, and people were able to write resist messages on there. Correct? That's right. And just as a reminder to some of our guests, uh, Uriel Sainz is a friend of ours. Who he was a, a friend of, that came on the podcast, but he's also a, a, he, among many things, he's a fashion designer. And we did post a really cool picture. Several Tamarido podcast guests were actually in that picture. We had Wendy Carrillo, who is on this episode. You're going to hear from her. And then we had Uriel, and then we had Julissa Arce. And so lots of friends that went to the resist march. And um, I think this was a common theme around several of the pride activities across the country, that they took a little bit of a revisiting of um, this idea of, of resisting oppression, I suppose, against the, the LGBT community and others. So it's a little, it, it seemed like it had a broader objective um, and reintroduction of this notion of, of resisting rather than, it didn't seem like it was just focused on the LGBTQ community, but just the, the broader um, type of folks that are perhaps feeling oppressed during these this particular political time. What, what do you think of that tone and that change of the, of the march and other activities? I absolutely love it because I think that, you know, the, the, the whole point of pride and and um, these parades and, and being loud and proud is to let people know that, like, we're here, we, we exist, right? Um, but I do think that, you know, this month of June has become more of a, you know, month-long party, if you will. And I think that we forget, you know, that if it weren't for, you know, the people that began the, this movement many years ago that we wouldn't be able to do some of these things. I mean, people got arrested and incarcerated, you know, incarcerated for, for being gay um, some time ago, and it wasn't that long ago either. Um, but I also feel that um, that sometimes me as, a, as, an, as, as part of the queer LGBTQ community, I sometimes do feel alienated. You know, I do feel sometimes that perhaps prides are just for, for the white folks. Um, and so I think that this tone of resist and, and being inclusive and, and just, you know, thinking about everybody else who is LGBTQ and everything that they go through and their backgrounds, and I think that it's great to shed a light on that. I think 
um, you were, we were you were talking earlier about um, the flag, the rainbow flag um, in Philadelphia. I think they they added two colors to it. Correct. In in a, it was I think it was in Pennsylvania. They added that there's um there was this addition of a couple colors to the flag, which was a black and brown stripe, uh, to sort of symbolize how the LGBTQ movement could be more inclusive of uh, people of color. So it wasn't like nationally, it was in certain communities, and it did create quite an uproar. There's a lot of um, different perspectives. So what are your thoughts on that? Um, I, I, I mean, I think for to some people, you know, the gay flag represents, you know, who they are, their community. I think it's a it, it's a symbol, and and but I do feel sometimes that the gay um, flag or the rainbow flag represents the white um, gay community. I don't feel it really represents me as a Latino, um, but I don't think that two colors, uh, you know, to this uh, added to this flag is going to represent me either. You know, I don't I don't think it's it's something that I I would stand by, and I mean. You know, we have, I have this app, right, La Jota app, and it's geared towards the Latino um, community. And uh, I had somebody approach me, a potential sponsor, wanting to create the logo with, with the rainbow flag, and I absolutely said no, because me as a um, gay Latino, I'm more than just this rainbow flag. Like, that rainbow flag doesn't represent me. It doesn't represent my struggles, and it doesn't represent, you know, what, what I feel. You know, at times, so I was, uh, I want to make sure that on my app, we don't have a rainbow flag because I feel that there's a lot more than just this flag. But I also get that, you know, adding these colors, it becomes more inclusive. But I don't know. I just, it's not, it's not something that I really think much of or think that is is going to represent me. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I, 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 it's very interesting. I've been kind of um, eavesdropping a lot of discussions that I've seen uh, on my feed, including um, Gregorio, who's someone else we've had on the podcast that did a, a, a documentary film around um, uh, L.A., a queer history. So, and, and I've seen some very interesting dialogue around this, uh, this edition of The Stripes. I mean, some people feeling that... I like the spirit of it, but I think it's kind of ugly to add the, the the two colors. Or or they're saying, "Hey, the flag was never about race. Why is you know adding these these flags, these two stripes? How is this going to cover everyone?" The important thing is that we're having um, meaningful conversations about the opportunity to be more inclusive, because um, I, I, I hope there's opportunities to feel. Um, solidarity with how the LGBTQ struggle and your and your your um, right to exist and be who you are is there's parallels to the, a Muslim person's right to be who they you know what they believe or or for you as a Latino person of color to be who you are. So I think it's it's hopefully an opportunity to find more space for um, solidarity across movements because. All of us together are um, being marginalized by this administration, and I think part of the reason why this uh, um, spirit of resist caught on with this year's Pride is because we have a vice president in the White House that is extremely anti-LGBTQ, and we have... um, there are places where there's desires to roll back opportunities for um, LGBTQ people to just even to access certain businesses. So there's obviously a lot of room for more inclusivity across several movements. And we can talk forever on this, on this topic and others, but, <laughs> but I, we did want to just check in cause this is, this is the, the right time to talk about this. And all of this stuff is very timely. So if you have any thoughts and you all want to share, please write to us at, at tamarindo podcast at gmail.com. But we don't want to delay the, um, this, this is a very long episode. This is our, our Brown girls rising episode where we not only get to hear about uh, 
uh, the Brown Girls Rising podcast, but we also want to um, have reintroduced to some of you another brown girl that's rising, and that's Wendy Carrillo, who's running for, for State Assembly. Whoa. Yeah, so there's a lot in this episode, but we also wanted to uh, chime in and connect with this. Again, audio's a little funky because I'm calling Luis here, but we thank you all for, for listening, and let's take it away with the remainder of the episode. Brown off. We've got the brown girl rising herself, Audrey Bellis. Welcome to the Tamarindo Podcast. Thank you so much, guys, for having me. <laughs> really excited to have you. It's early on a Sunday, and it's very hot in our non-air-conditioned studio, but <laughs> it's still a pleasure to have you. So tell us a little bit about Brown Girl Rising. So Brown Girls Rising is a podcast in partnership with Nylon Español. Um, so I own Worthy Women, which is a women's diversity and inclusion brand, empowerment brand, conference series. And we really wanted, my team and I, to tell the stories about brown girls. I got really, really tired of looking at the media and seeing like white girl Lena Dunham feminism and then black girl magic and nothing in between. Right, right. Um, and so I really wanted to see what it would be like to hear more stories about being brown and the shades of brown. Mm. Uh, so we started the podcast, we pitched Nylon, they said they loved it. And uh, we're doing 40 episodes this year, which feels like wow. very ambitious and crazy. Very. This episode right now is under 40. So, yeah, that's amazing. Wow. Yeah. 40 episodes this year. And um, it's been an incredible experience. Uh, the biggest thing that I love about Brown Girls Rising is when you say the name, like, what does it mean to you to be a brown girl? Or what does brown girls mean to you? And most people actually raise their hand and they go, me. I'm a brown girl. I love it. And the response that we've gotten through social media and people that hear the podcast is tremendous. And they all talk about how, oh, my gosh, this guest had exactly my experience growing up. I thought I was the only one who had that. Um, and that's a very humbling experience. Yeah, I've listened to a couple of um, episodes, and I love that you guys have different guests yeah. that anyone really can relate to. I mean, that's really, really cool. So... Also, your logo. Tell me a little bit about that. The logo's amazing. Yeah. So the logo is an image that Aaron Rivera uh, from Hunter and Fox produced for the Misrepresentation art oh, show. Very cool. And Misrepresentation was curated by Maritza Lugo, an illustrator, and it was an all-women-of-color art experience. And that was part of a larger series. And so the Unidos print, actually the clasped hands, is supposed to be kind of like the cholo stance, like, what's up? <laughs> and so... <laughs> Uh, and, but like being unidos, right? Like coming together, just the name itself. And so she photographed two of her brown friends, two Latinas. And um, she actually, I just saw her yesterday at an event. And she was talking about how she almost didn't turn in that print to the show. She thought, no one's going to get oh, it. Beautiful. Nobody cares. Why should I do this? And last minute she turned it in. And it was such a huge hit. Allure has shared it. Cosmopolitan has shared it. It was one of the viral images from the Women's March. And... When the podcast was, you know, a baby idea, so to speak, I um, I looked at Erin's work and I said, we need that. And I was so scared to ask her because I didn't think she would do it. And she said, Audrey, I think this would be great. It totally represents what we do. And not only that, Nylon was the first magazine I ever had. I would die to collaborate with somebody like this. And so it all just kind of came together. That's when beautiful. things are right, they flow. Yeah, it's amazing. So that's great. Well, maybe we should back up and tell me a little bit more about, about you. I know that Brown Girls Rising is just one of many different projects that you have. But tell us your background. Yeah, so I'm a first-generation Latina, and I think a lot of this brown girl's identification is heavy for me because I never get to be identified as a brown girl. Audrey Bellis is the whitest name you could possibly have. <laughs> and then people look at me, and they're like, oh, you're in L.A., and you have big eyebrows. You could be Persian. And I'm yeah. like, no. The racially ambiguous. <laughs> no, Habibi, no. <laughs> um so I think there's a lot of, maybe not overcompensation, but this need to like identify as like, this is who I am. Here's how I want you to see me. Mm -hmm. um, 
And so I also own Startup DTLA. We're a project with Mayor Garcetti's office to help bring tech and creative companies into downtown. Worthy Women was our female founder division that spun off and went viral. Mm-hmm. And then Brown... You're really good at names. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. And Worthy Women truly... I mean, these all stem from personal experiences, right? I started Startup DTLA because I had just sold my technology company and I couldn't find my next tech job downtown. So I said, I'm just going to create a community to find who's here. Worthy Women actually stemmed from a breakup. Mm. I left a long-term relationship, and I had read this fantastic article by Brian Reeves about, um, and it was called Choose Her Every Day or Leave Her. And I remember reading the article, and I turned to my partner at the time, and I said, it's not that you're not choosing me. It's that I'm not choosing myself. And I walked away and I said, well, why am I not choosing myself? I must not feel so worthy to make decisions and be in a relationship that isn't serving not only my highest self, but I'm actually compromising my integrity to be here because I want you to want me. Mm. Um, And so I asked myself, how? Like, what does it mean to be a worthy person? How have I gotten to this place? And at the same time, I had a community member on the Startup DTLA side approach me and say, you know what, Audrey? I'm tired of going to the West Side, Santa Monica, Mm -hmm. for tech events. And there are more ginger beards in plaid shirts, graph paper shirts, (laughs) than there are women, much less women of color. And gingers are only 2% of the population. If women are half the population, statistically, how underrepresented are we in the tech community? So I took those two things and married them. And I said, as a female entrepreneur, being questioning your self-worth isn't just in relationships. It's your relationship to money. It's your relationship to your business, to your career, to how you show up in the world. Mm-hmm. So I had the first event called Worthy Women, and it was based on finances for entrepreneurs. Probably the most, the hottest topic, most needed topic ever. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. People came, they showed up, they packed out the house, and so I just kept doing them. Uh, I tested some content and did seven events in ten weeks, which, by the way, don't ever do. Yeah, do you great. see this theme of like extremism where I'm like, oh, I'm just going to take this and run with it and see what happens. Um, But it was a huge hit. We've now done 23 events. I'm on a national tour right now producing a conference, a free conference open to the public for female entrepreneurs in a different city every month. We just had our LA City Summit. That was our largest one yet. Um, we had close to 400 women on a Wednesday afternoon in downtown. I, I saw, saw that. Page. Yeah, I saw that on Instagram. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. I'm very excited and very humbling. You know, I honestly, uh, I posted about this on Instagram, but I got the photos back from it the next day. And there's this one particular image that our photographer shot. And I'm standing giving opening remarks to a sea of women. Mm-hmm. And I cried. I looked at that image and I said, I don't know when I grew up to be that woman, but damn, am I proud of her because just two years ago, she didn't feel so worthy and she was making really bad choices in her life. And here she is. And here's everybody else on this journey just wanting to do the same thing. That's so awesome. Well, tell us about how you, how did you grow up? What what do you think helped shape you to be that woman in front of those people? Um, So I think like many people, I... Well, actually, I don't know if there's like many people. I just assume that everybody has my experiences. <laughs> uh, my mom is Mexican Catholic. My dad's an Italian Jew. And I am the daughter of immigrants. Mm-hmm. So I'm a first generation child. And I very much grew up with this mentality and this phrase, Ika, we came to this country for you to be a doctor, lawyer, engineer, marry a doctor, lawyer, engineer, and have doctor, lawyer, engineer babies. <laughs> and love and affection was very much tied to how much you produced. So if you got straight A's, you were very loved. If you brought home a B, I, what did I sacrifice for? Solo <laughs> those long hours. Damn, all that pressure. Yeah. A lot of pressure. And I'm the oldest child. Mm-hmm. Um, and constantly with this message in my head of like, we sacrificed everything for you to have opportunities that we didn't. And if you're not thriving and doing amazing things with those opportunities, what did we do it for? You have failed us. And so I really struggled with perfectionism, which probably no wonder my personality is the way that it is. And I even to this day struggle with not taking on too many things because there's this sense of like love and belonging is associated with what I'm doing in the world and how much I succeed at it. Um, So, For me, growing up, I I grew up in a very loved household, a very big household. My parents are still married. Mm -hmm. Um, 
but I think it truly shaped uh, how I show up in the world and for the audiences that I work with. I think so many of these women and men, we have a growing male population, um, are people who are living to other people's expectations and scared to live by their own. And don't really know what their own are because it's been so molded by culture, society, and even, you know, okay, this is the Tamarindo podcast. <laughs> We're Latinos, right? Um, I look at some of my white friends whose parents after college said, go find yourself for a year. Here's yeah. some money to go, like, hang in Europe. <laughs> must be nice, right? Uh, it, I literally... I'm still trying to find myself. Oh, my gosh. I told... <laughs> swap meet. <laughs> I love the swap meet. I haven't been to a swap meet in years. Vamos, te llevo. Oh my gosh, yes, please. Um, I remember telling my mom I needed to go find myself after my broken engagement in my 20s. And she goes, ay, hija, that's because you're half white. <laughs> she goes, do you think con mis sufrimientos that I ever had time to find myself? No. Like super martyr, right? right, right, right. Um, yeah, I think that's... That's definitely something that our audience faces. And how can we help bridge those gaps to help uh, create safe places for them to explore those feelings and thrive within them? And that's not to say that I didn't grow up supported. I was very supported. People only love you the way that they know how. And for my parents, I think much of that upbringing is we wanted you to have a better life than us. And this is what we view as a better life. And so we want you to have that. And anything different, they just don't understand. You know, you mentioned right now um, that your male audience is growing with worthy women. And that's actually something that I wanted to ask you because I think that what you're doing is great, especially with these conferences, you know, this information to be available for women and anyone really is really important. So you guys do allow guys to come in and, and, and partake in this. Oh, absolutely. And I'll tell you what, you know, my male audience tells me, I can't tell anyone that I come here because if they knew that I didn't feel enough, because think about it, the sheer act of registering for an, a worthy women how-to event yeah. means you don't feel 100% worthy in the things that we're talking about. Otherwise, you wouldn't need to come to a how-to. Right. You already know. <laughs> Men, uh, their responses to me are, I can't tell anyone that I come here. Everything you talk about pertains to me, too. Mm -hmm. If I come home and tell my wife, she's going to tell me to man the fuck up, <laughs> that I'm not enough. I already feel not enough. I can't tell my guy friends because they're going to be like, bro, what the fuck's wrong with you? Mm -hmm. It's this sense of men are shamed for not always having things together. And it's even worse because for women, we create spaces for you to feel not enough. For men, what do we tell you? Man up. And that is the most shaming thing that you can ever tell a man. It's emasculating. And there aren't really safe places for men to be able to explore what it means to not feel enough and to find support and to be vulnerable. Um, and I think that's one of the biggest challenges. But if I called this event series Worthy Men, nobody would show up because right. who's going to admit yeah. that they don't feel worthy? <laughs> nobody needs an event called Worthy Men. I'm sorry. In fact, Worthy Women events, our events really started to grow because we changed them to how-to events. The company is Worthy Women. But when we used to call them Worthy Finances, Worthy Fertility, people wouldn't come to them at the same volume that we do now because nobody wants to admit that they don't feel worthy in a certain area. They want the how-to but they're not willing to say, I need to go to worthy relationships because I don't feel worthy in relationships. So what are some of the topics? It sounds like you kind of listed a few. What, what have been some of the, the ones that have been what best received? So our number one, um, so I love 90s hip hop. Oh, um, yes. Our number one panel that we do at almost every single event is called Getting Paid is Her Forte because I love no diggity. <laughs> We're going to have a day. Yeah, <laughs> Play away. Um, and in fact, Brown Girls Rising came from a 90s hip hop lyric. So um, too short, getting it. I heard it was Chris Mika because I was making latkes and tamales with my family. Yeah, I love it, it overlapped on the same day. <laughs> December 25th this last year was the first time in my adult life that it's overlapped on the same day. Uh, first night of Hanukkah and Christmas Eve, Christmas Day. And so I was literally flipping latkes with jalapenos grated into them. And I was listening to my Pandora and Too Short comes on um, and getting it, one of my favorite songs. And he has this line in there that goes, because I'm one in a million black men rising, try to keep me down, but I always surprise them. And I stopped and I picked up my phone and I texted one of my team members and I said, oh my God, I'm a brown girl rising. Yeah. And that's where the name came from. And it was a 
available. But uh, uh, URL was available. The social media. We start using the. Ha- and you know what? I see people now use our hashtags in their like Instagram bios. Oh, like so I'm a I'm a brown girl rising, and I'm like, yeah. oh my gosh, strangers listen to us that we don't know, not just our friends. <laughs> oh, no, it's we're so just talking cool. about that. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, when we get reviews, we're like, wait a minute, I didn't pay this person. <laughs> it's a it's a very mind blowing experience. It's like, oh my gosh, you know about me. You found me. Where'd you come from? So I can find more of you. Cool. <laughs> uh, uh, what else? Oh, I was going to say something about the Brown Girls Rising. Well, I really like it. I'm trying to remember now. I lost my train of thought. 90s hip hop. I'm going to hop on the train. <laughs> um, I, I, something about the name. Oh, yes. I remember now. It's very self-serving. But um, I got your invite to be on, on the show. Yep. And, the, and the invite said BRG. And that's, yes. those are my initials. Brenda Gonzalez Ricards. Oh. BGR. Brown Girls Rising. Sorry. Yeah. BGR. Brown Girls Rising. Anyways. That's what I was thinking about. <laughs> oh, I love that. I kind of wish um, that we had like a 90s style like rock and espanol song for brown girls. But then hey, I don't want to get pigeonholed. They should pitch it. It's true. It. It's true. Yeah. I also, though, I don't want to get pigeonholed into just the Latino experience right. because brown girls are Southeast Asian, Filipina, Indian. Afro-Latinas, like I really want to try and be um, both diverse and inclusive for all the shades of brown and basically anyone who identifies as a woman of color. Right. Yeah, no, that's great. That's great. And Otherwise, you know, Eternamente Bella would be up there. Can you imagine? <laughs> oh, that's so awesome. So awesome. Now I just want to do that with like my big hair. <laughs> I love Bring it. it back. Some Aquanet. Yes, yes. yes. And a teasing comb. Aquanet. Aquanet. Hashtag sponsor us. <laughs> um, so what's what's up in the horizon for you? What are some, some things that we should be looking out for and projects that are coming up? Uh one of our national partners is the Amber Rose Foundation. So we're doing a lot of work with Amber Rose again. We had her last year as a guest brunch speaker. We did a brunch and learn with her called nice. uh a no excuse me, a no fucks given approach to dominating digital space for women who live unapologetically out loud. Uh, So we're going to be doing more with Amber Rose this year, uh, partnering more to support the Slut Walk. Mm -hmm. Um, And the Slut Walk is such a powerful organization and she provides um, sponsored um, therapy services for women who have been sexually assaulted or abused out of her own personal pocket. So we're very happy to support the foundation. Um, Our national tour, we have more cities that we're going to. We have Chicago, Philly, Manhattan, Miami coming up. Um, And a few international things on the horizon for the first part of 2018. Oh my gosh, that is so cool. Are you allowed to tell us where? I can't yet, but okay. it's very exciting. It's very exciting. And it's very humbling, quite frankly, just to have the opportunities of what we're doing and to go into these communities and have people resonate and say, oh, my gosh, I've been looking for something like this. I didn't know this existed is every day uh, not just one of the most humbling things, but it, it truly feels like I'm of service every day. And this is probably the first time as an adult where I look and I say, I, I think I'm living my best life. That's I can't right. imagine it getting so better. Exciting. Well, um, this has been phenomenal. We've heard and learned so much about you. Um, I have two questions before we go into our um, our typical questions that we ask every guest. Yep. One is like, how do you do it? Like, how do you find balance? Oh, I really struggle with that. As you can tell, I'm an <laughs> overachiever, an extreme type A overachiever. Um which also helps me find balance because I'm very regimented in my schedule. So I time block out my personal uh, time for just me to relax. Every Wednesday I take off, I do a personal Wednesday. So I work Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, a half day, Saturday, and my morning routine. I go to daily mass every day. Uh, I get up at 4 a.m. I 4 4 a.m. And I'm a morning person. Well, you got to wake up at (laughs) 4. I'm a morning person. I get up, I meditate, I do yoga, I go to daily mass, I do my East Coast stuff, and I'm in the office by 8 a.m. And by the time I'm in there, I've done my East Coast stuff. By the time everybody else on the West Coast is rolling in, it's 9 o'clock. Mm-hmm. I have a full day, but it's truly my morning routine. And if I don't have my morning routine or I don't go to daily mass, I am not right. I am like super bitch. Wow. There, I need it to keep me calm, <laughs> humble. I need to go to church. Otherwise, I'm a bitch. Well, let me tell you. You know when you're, okay, true story. You know when you're a little girl, 
when you're a little girl and you go to mass on Sunday, at least for me, my grandma used to tell me, ay, hija, te vas a comportar porque fuiste a misa. Like, God's watching you. I swear. Every day I'm like, Jesus is watching me. I'm going to be a little more graceful today than I was yesterday. Yes. I'm not going to cut a bitch. So that's, that's so that's the key, basically, that going to church. It. I just need a little humility every day <laughs> and to be reminded that God's going to cut you down at any moment. That is so crazy. What time do you go to bed? I'm an I I'm like Cinderella. By eight thirty, I need to be somewhere near my bed. In fact, all of our events, our after parties, are from five to seven, so I can be home by eight thirty and be in bed by nine. That's what it takes. That's what it takes. Damn, well, I'm waking up at four a.m. I think I'm like in my quinto sueño by that time. Yeah, I know. Like, and I'm annoyingly chipper. Like I am a morning person. I wake up and I'm like, hi. <laughs> my boyfriend hates it. He's he's the opposite, and he's like, go to bed. You know how everybody has like that morning voice. <laughs> like I have clients in the East Coast, oh. and they once now that they know me, they're like, "You're groggy. We woke you up, huh?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm like, no, 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 I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. You got to wake up early if you do a national if you do national stuff, man. It's <sighs> it's a big country. There's too many time zones. There is. There, <laughs> there is. <laughs> and you think about decisions being made. If on my end, I'm sending an email at lunch, they're done for the day. Oh, yeah. Their markets are starting to close. They're over it, and they're the tail end of theirs. Imagine how yeah. you are responding to emails at three in the afternoon. Done. So yeah. I ha- if I want those dollars, I got to get up early to get them. That's great. Well, good tips. Uh, everybody wake up early. <laughs> I'll try. Yeah, chingona. Go to church. <laughs> chingona. Go to church every day. I love it. Me voy a derretir. Okay, so now time for our favorite part of the interview, the questions we ask every guest. Yep. I'll start with the easy one. So what is your favorite go-to snack? Oh, <sighs> So it's going to be a candy, and it's going to be the masa pan. Mm, I love the masa pan. And for the longest time when I was a little girl, I didn't realize it was called a masa pan. I always thought it was just a de la rosa because that's what it says in the box. De la rosa, yes. Good point. Actually, great point. Because it does. Does it say mazapan? No, it somewhere? says it nowhere. Oh, it just says de la rosa. It yeah. says mazapan de cajeta on the side. Like it doesn't actually say anywhere it's like in teeny tiny print so for the longest time i always thought it was called a de la rosa and then somebody that corrected so me that is so weird that is so weird because someone please like make it so that they don't crumble apart when you <laughs> eat it like oh i'm very good at eating them into like very as you can tell type a over here <laughs> <laughs> i'm so particular <laughs> yes it's all in the way you unwrap it ah that's what she said go ahead <laughs> <laughs> You might have to cut that out. Um, <laughs> it's saying. Totally it's saying. Um, if you had a telenovela, what would the name of your telenovela be? Oh my gosh. It would. Well, I always felt like my alter ego would have been named Ophelia. And I think if I have a little girl, I need to name her like Ophelia Esperanza. Because it's very dramatic and very like. In your face. <laughs> it would have to be something like that. Ophelia. Like, Ophelia. yeah. Ophelia Esperanza de la Rosa. Yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. Mazapan. <laughs> Mazapan. Mazapan. Reina de los Mazapanes. Um, and then lastly, if you had a chancla and you could throw it at a person, place, thing, concept, who gets your chancla? All stupid people. Let me tell you, my biggest pet peeve in life is having to repeat myself. Like, I lose such patience when somebody asks you the same question over and over. I wish sometimes I had a chancla and I could just respond to it. Like a chancla emoji instead of the middle finger. we have one. We have a chancla emoji. You make your dreams come true here. Yes, you do. Oh, my gosh. The minute I have to repeat myself, like, now I really want to cut you. And I wish I had a chancla so I could be like, pendejo. Why weren't you listening? Did you say pendex here? Oh, pendejo. Next. Sorry, Bendix. All inclusive. All inclusive. <laughs> well, again, thank you so much for popping into the Tamanido podcast. Where can people keep up with you? Uh, they can keep up with me at Audrey Bellis and at Worthy Women LLC and at Brown Girls Rising. All right. We'll put that all in our show notes. And, and I'll come to the next Worthy Woman. For yes. Sure. yes, I want to go. Should. Yeah, because I've it. seen the Insta stories and I'm like, that's awesome. Insta- hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline in love I'm insta in love yes very much appreciate you being here (laughs) thank you so much enjoy the rest of your weekend 
Ciao. Do you like wine? Dude, are you kidding me? Yes. Do you like it better when it's from like a Latino-owned winery? Even better. I know, super exciting. Well, actually, there's a place where, you know, Napa's far away, but we, we can actually bring Napa to you. How? How? I'll tell you how. It's an event called East LA Meets Napa. East Los Meets Napa. Wow, This where? is an amazing event. And in fact, even our neighbors with the drums are super excited about this event. And it benefits Altamed. Do you know what Altamed is? Are you kidding me? Everybody knows Altamed. I know Altamed, yes. It is. The, it's the, your neighborhood clinic. If you live in Southern California, you probably have seen Altamed. It's a Latino-led health clinic serving the multi-ethnic communities of Southern California. And you can help this great organization by buying your ticket to East LA Meets Napa, which is the premier food and wine tasting event. Let me tell you some of the chefs that are going to be there. Do you remember Pes Cantina? Yes, of course. We had an event there. It was great. It was amazing. They're great. Every, everybody that is in downtown LA and goes to Pes Cantina for happy hour knows that this is a delicious, delicious gourmet Mexican restaurant. You can catch um, Chef Lucy Thompson at this event. It's Thompson by marriage, by the way. She's Latina. You can also check out Chef Denise Portillo of Forking Good Cafe. What? what a great name, right? Forking Good Cafe. And you can catch... Uh, Chef Natalie Curry from El Coralense, which, by the way, amazing mariscos. Oh. So these are all. This is just a preview of some of the amazing chefs that you can get there, get food from. It's it's basically food, w- amazing wineries, all to benefit I mean, Ultimate. I mean, so do you want to know when it is? Yeah. It's July 28th at LA Live, and you can get your tickets if you go to giving.altimate.org giving.altamed.org you can find out all about this and if you cannot wait till July 28th there's actually an event happening very soon Wine Wednesday July 12th you can find out about Wine Wednesday at giving.altamed.org and you can also get to learn more about Altamed and why it's so important to support this community based health clinic so are you excited to join me at East LA? Sign me up for Wine Wednesday and Napa meets East LA it's East LA meets Napa let's do it All right, check it out Okay, guess who's back on the Tamarindo podcast? ¿Quién, quién, quién? A ver, dime. It's Wendy Carrillo. Guess who's back in the mother effing <laughs> yes, That's exactly what I wanted to do. But I was like, uh, no sé, should I do it? Should I not? Thank but you, I'm Wendy, glad you did. for coming to the studio. <laughs> Thank you for having back. me. I know. How exciting. What Thank you. What are you, you up to? Oh, you know, I just decided to throw my hat in the in the ring again for and run for state assembly. That's awesome. Yeah. We're super excited for you. Woohoo! <laughs> so, okay, so state assembly. And for some of the folks that, that maybe had not heard about who you are, mm-hmm. re- let's remind everybody about um, the very historic congressional race and why it was historic and what your role was in mm-hmm. making it historic. Sure. So just a, a quick background. So in Los Angeles, in the California, in California's 34th Congressional District, uh, Congressman Javier Becerra stepped down to become the new Attorney General of the state after uh, Senator Kamala Harris won her race. Mm-hmm. And she is kicking ass. Yes, yes I see her all the time uh, yes. on Instagram, on twi- uh, Twitter and yeah. stuff. Yeah, she, she's really she's really taking the force, you know, to to Washington. But so with him vacating his seat, uh, a congressional seat became open here in L.A. This is, um, you know, where I grew up, where I live. And I decided to to run. This was the first congressional election since Trump got elected um, or, you know, took since office. Since that awful day. <laughs> <laughs> since that awful day. And um, historic race in that um, 23 candidates ran. Uh, 10 plus women, incredible, amazing, dynamic women. We've never seen anything like it mm-hmm. in all of L.A. or even the country. We're just like in the incredible leadership. Of women that decided to throw their hat in the ring as well and say, like, I'm I'm standing up, I'm doing this, I'm going to run for office. And it's incredibly challenging, you know. So I was the first to announce, the first woman to announce, uh, came very close, but did not win. And so now the new congressman-elect, Jimmy Gomez, who had the state assembly seat, uh, is going to Washington. And so his seat is opening up. 
And I decided, you know what? I'm not waiting around. Yeah. And decided to jump in. So yeah. awesome. <laughs> and, you know, in your, your race was historic because you, you, for how many Salvadorian candidates? Probably not too many. Yeah. And then also a woman. Mm-hmm. And then also a woman of color. And also formerly undocumented. Yeah. So, um, and, and the only candidate to have the Ku Klux Klan As a, on your hit, on their hit list, you yeah. know, so that was that not was fun. Nuts. That's not fun. <laughs> that's you, you got them shaking in their boots the that's, way the way Kamala's having Jeff Sessions shaking his boots. So well, you know, when we talk about what political representation or political parity looks like, it means that everyday people like you and I and those of you that are listening right now can have the audacity to say, "I, I, you know, I'm in this country. I see a vision. I want to have a seat at the table and advocate for my community." Mm-hmm. So we can talk about women, we can talk about immigrants, we can talk about undocumented communities, we can talk about unrecognized refugees, we can talk about people that flee violence and war all over the world to seek the American dream. But it is something very different to actually be that person and have a seat at the table right. and say, these are my real life lived experiences and right. this is what right. my community goes through every day. And I, and I have a, a responsibility because of who I am and what I've done and what I believe in. To be here representing yes. and, be, and be a voice for the community because of everything that you stand for. And so that in itself, I think, was, you know, historic in many ways. And we, my candidacy, elevated a lot of those conversations to the surface. Mm-hmm. At a national level. At a national level and brought attention to what otherwise would not have been, you know, such a um, maybe looked at race. But who knows, right? Um Who knows what it would have looked like or wouldn't have looked like, but I know that we are damn proud of what we did um, and will continue to do. And so, uh, you know, just getting messages from people, both the bad and the good, but the good in terms of receiving messages from young undocumented students saying, I see myself in you, and if you can do it, I can do it too, and, and pushes people to go forward right. uh, positively and be inspired and, and take ownership of this country and say, this is a type of country that I want. It's one of opportunity where the American dream is available for everyone, not just a few. We get to change that as Latinos, as Americans, as people in this country, shaping the narrative of, of where we go in the future. That's really exciting. I'm, I'm, exciting, I'm excited that you're going to continue this message in, in this assembly race. But, but earlier, you know, you're saying about the, 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 your experiences and what you can bring to the table. This is Los Angeles. There's a, there's, luckily, there's a lot of Latino leadership. Mm-hmm. There's, a, there's a lot of immigrant leadership. There, um, those aspects, fortunately for us, they're represented in, in many ways in, in California. This is why it's such a um, wonderful place for, for, for many Latinos and it's a model for many other states to follow in terms of immigrant rights, etc. But what is not the case is the woman's perspective, the lived mm-hmm woman's perspective so that your your experiences as a woman is what i'm super excited about because that is one thing that you will bring and a very much needed added voice to miss super progressive california that still only has i think the last i checked was 17 women in the mm-hmm. state assembly that's some bullshit <laughs> <laughs> preach brenda preach how, how do you feel about it brenda <laughs> i know tell us how you really feel You know, this has been, I was looking at some numbers, and in both the State Assembly and the State Senate, there are 26 women total and 94 men. This is the lowest number of women in the California State Legislature since 1998. So combine the Senate and the Assembly, it's Mm -hmm. it's that much. The Senate and the Assembly is 26 total. So, yeah, so in the Assembly, obviously smaller than that. So this is why you all need to pay attention (laughs) to this race. No matter where you live in California— Please support Wendy. We need more women. Um, um, so let's think about California, because now, mm-hmm. you, obviously, you talked about um, a lot of important issues nationally in the congressional race. Mm-hmm. Now it's a different it's a different game here. So Absolutely. now it's California. So what are what are the things that are important to you as it relates to changing policy in, in the state? Yeah, well, one of the things I think it's most exciting that we could all get excited about, and we see it even with Senator Kamala Harris, is that California leads. The way California goes, so does the nation. And so when we have, look, we're very lucky and then we have a democratic majority. But what does that that really mean when we talk about progressive values? So is it the right to a free college education? So how do we do that in California? How do we implement environmental protection policies Mm. that that actually serve these communities? Right now we are in the city of Vernon. Right, Right, right. One of the most... 
highly polluted cities in right. in Southern California. This is not part of the Assembly District, but it's right next door. It certainly affects the residents, and, mm-hmm. and it affects the residents, and it affects people that live and commute nearby. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do we talk about single payer and access to quality, affordable health care for everyone, not just a few? Senator Ricardo Lara has been spearheading a lot of the legislation on health care. And, you know, one of the things that I felt really bad about, and I'm sure he did as well, is that because of the rise of Trump and the anti-immigrant rhetoric, especially the anti-undocumented immigrant rhetoric, Mm -hmm. he had to retrieve a bill. He had to put it on hold that would have provided health insurance for undocumented people here in the state because of a a historic win. And then it would have been it would have been a historic win. Mm-hmm. For the state, well, I mean, for people passed, here, but he had to like it's not going to yeah. be able to be implemented because of the crazy policy. Well, and yeah, exact people are going to be on a list and they're scared. Yeah. And how do you I avoid that? Yeah. Right? No, it's a different environment. <clears throat> Absolutely. So there are so many, so many interesting things um, and so many progressive issues that we can fight for. I'm very interested in in fighting for working families and ensuring that with a national right to work. threat to union workers and labor unions, that workers have a right to organize without fear of losing their jobs, and they have a right to form a union without fear of losing their jobs. And I think that's very real, and California gets to do that. I'm incredibly interested in STEM education. How do we bring uh, resources of coding and really the the jobs that are right now and in the future into these communities Mm -hmm. for young girls, for young boys, young kids of color, so they have access to, to, um, to these resources, mm-hmm. right? And, like, and that technology is, is not only our present, but it will continue to evolve into our future. And so how do we start creating at a very young age the implementations of, of these resources like coding and engineering and mathematics and science so that we're graduating kids and they're prepared to live in the world of today? Very cool. Very cool. So one of the right? things that I... Um, When, when we first met you, I mean, it was obviously through Brenda, because she was a huge fan of yours. She still is. Um, and she converted me. I mean, I saw, I went um, to that fundraiser. Good morning. Yeah. Converted. <laughs> yeah. Converted. I'm converted. <laughs> I'm a Wendy Carrillo <laughs> fan. Um, so w- when you gave your speech at her apartment and the fundraiser that she had there for you, um, and you talked about your background, I think that that's so... appealing and moving and it's just you're like like you just said earlier you're you're one of us you know you're one of us talking um and 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 um sharing our experiences so you also did this video which i think got a lot of attention mm-hmm. tell me about this video because it's i mean it's brilliant mm-hmm. you have a mixture of all sorts of people different walks of life tell me about how how that came about So you're talking about the congressional unapologetic, unapologetic video, mm-hmm. right? We have our yes, fists the, in the yes. air. Yes. So, we, so for Congress, we ran a campaign based on the issues Black Lives Matter, Miniwichoni, which is water is life. Uh, no human being is illegal. We need LGBTQ rights and trans women's liberation. All the issues that we can mm-hmm. think about on a national level that people are on the streets prote- protesting, walking, feeling emotional, right? We wanted to convey that in a way that brought people together. And so, you know, in my own personal story and narrative and what pushed me to run for Congress, it was that. And what we wanted to show was that it doesn't matter where you come from or what you look like or where you've been. It's about where we're going Mm -hmm. as a country together. And so we wanted to just showcase all these different types of people that make the American fabric. Like, these are our neighbors. These are people that, you know, we go have a drink and happy hour and, you know, they have their families and... And are living their lives every day. And for whatever reason, these policies that are coming out of the White House are impacting them. And if they impact them, they impact us. Mm -hmm. And so how do we come together? And so now, you know, I know that it was incredibly inspiring. And and I'm glad that 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 moved you because and it got a lot of attention. The issue is now, how do we get those social media likes and shares and and. you know, right. all of that to actually translate. What we're seeing within the progressive movement is that we get really excited and rallied up and go to the rallies and all this stuff, but don't show out to vote. Yeah, or to donate to the candidate. Yeah, and so people talk about get money out of politics, don't take you know, money from corporations. Well, how does that translate? Because it takes a lot of money to run for office. Right, right. The, the idea that 
that you don't take money from special interests is very real. But the idea also that we need campaign finance reform is also very real because we need everyday people to give and to donate. But how do they do that when they're not even voting? Mm-hmm. How do you inspire? And, you know, we don't have enough time to run like a national. This is not a national presidential campaign. This is a local statewide And it accelerated because uh, it's a special it's, election. It's a special election. It's super short. I mean, we're thinking that it's going to be sometime in September, maybe. Wow. Early voting is in August. And this particular district has seen, this will be the sixth election. Yeah, there's been so wow. much yeah, voting. Yeah, there has been. Yay, voting! <laughs> <laughs> For this congressional race, I think that's the, like, that was the only thing that was on my ballot, I think. But it was yeah. like, I was like, hey, guys, hey, voter. Hey, workers, see you again. Good to right. see you again. <laughs> so you had the presidential in November. Yeah. Then you had the municipal city election in March. Then you had the special in April. Then you had the runoff in May from March. And then you had the runoff Jeez. in June from April. And now you're going to have this other special. And people are like, I'm so tired of voting. It's like, no, let's get excited. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. And if you think about it, it's look, I'm a, I'm a naturalized citizen. Like I took an oath to be a citizen of this country and I take my voting very seriously. Exactly. Right. Like yeah. many of us do. And so there are people across the world that are dying for the right exactly. to vote. Right. Yeah. yeah. And the here right we are. Education, the right to an education, the right to vote, the right to political representation. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And so here we are. But how do we get? the American people excited again about the opportunity to, to engage in the civic process. And part of it is like not understanding like what the roles are. So even in like, well, what does Congress do? And what does the assembly do? And what is the, what's the difference between the state Senate and the U.S. Senate? Mm-hmm. And what's the role of the governor? And what's the role of city council? There's so many layers of government that are not part of like our education anymore. I remember being in junior high learning about civics. But barely. It's like right. one, it's like you get, it's like you get page. eighth grade yeah. and you get one semester in, co- in, high, in high school. In high school. Yeah. And you're expected to vote six times in a year? Like, come on. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I just want to say that this video really um, felt like I was represented. Mm -hmm. I felt like I was represented. I felt like, holy crap. Like, finally, somebody, you know, where I can, I I, I look at it and I see myself Mm. represented and I see my friends and I see my, um, my Latinidad represented. And I see also my LGBTQ community represent. Like it was just awesome. It was so inclusive. It just, it felt amazing to watch that video. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. So, and we want to, and we want to make people feel, we, we hope that people feel the same way about the way that California is leading, mm-hmm. which is why I decided to run and to not, you know, just, figure out what I was going to do next in terms of wait or see, but it just, it felt right to like decide, you know what, I don't know what this looks like yet again, but I'm going to lay the foundation differently in terms of what it means to win Mm -hmm. uh, and what it means to have representation so that we take those experience of the people of that video and how you felt watching that and bring it local. Mm -hmm. There's a big difference between Congress and the state assembly clearly, but I think the sentiment and the feeling of, of justice and truth, And representation is real across the board. And so if we can have that on a local level for the state of California and lead the way against, you know, what is happening across the country right now and partner with our new congressman-elect, uh, Jimmy Gomez, who won the seat, mm-hmm. I think it's a win for everyone. I also never thought of California as a leader in the United States, just the way you describe it right now. Um, and I think it's important for people to hear that and understand that because what you just said makes me want to, you know, be a leader with my state, mm-hmm. you know, and for California, yeah, yeah. like I want to show the rest of the country, like this is what it should model. be. Yeah, like this is, this is how the rest of the country should be. And I've, tr- I've had the opportunity to travel all over the United States. And I understand that not everywhere in the United States is going to be like California, mm-hmm. but if we could be a model and just get fired up about that, mm-hmm. like yes. we're, we're trendsetters. Yeah. Like be fired up about that. And we're in LA. Like this is Los Angeles. Uh, yes. The best city it's ever. Los Angeles. It's California. Yes, <laughs> you know, it's- totally, totally. But yeah. I had, I had I- never thought about it in that way. And so I think that, The fact that you're also very young and you can, you know, the young millennials are going to identify with that. And so it's, how do I speak to these millennials to get them fired up you to have go them, out? You have them come on Tamarindo Podcast and <laughs> talk about this race. Well, where can people learn about yes. this race and support you Thank specifically? You. So listen, what we need right now is to fundraise. Like I, you know, it's incredibly important to 
To put your money where your mouth is. Right. That commercial cost some money, okay? <laughs> sure, <laughs> Those yeah. Those are real because that, that was the energy of that campaign. Mm-hmm. But it costs some money to put it on, on a screen. Yeah, it does. And so you can go to wendyforassembly.com. It's very easy, wendyforassembly.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Wendy Carrillo, double R, double L. And, you know, donate. There's a little button that says donate, contribute to the campaign, give what you can. Uh, you know, very popular $27 donation. Uh, or whatever you can, 50 bucks, 51 for the 51st Assembly District. This is the 51st Assembly District for the state of California, and it includes the communities of Eagle Rock, Highland Park, Mount Washington, Montecito Heights, Glassell Park, Cypress Park, El Sereno, City Terrace, Unincorporated, East L.A. East L.A. All I'm thinking right now is Marisco, Saco, Uh. (laughs) all the good food, Pusas, and uh, Silver Lake and Echo Park. Very cool. For your craft brew. Beers. Beers. Beers and beards. It's a very cool district. It, it is, is a, a cool, cool district. district in LA. It is like the heart, you know, one of the the veins of of California. And so, but we need your help. Like I need your help. Yes. So if you believe in what we're doing, if you believe in my candidacy, go to uh, WendyForAssembly.com and make a donation. Assembly. And make a donation because it's the money is very real, and people are going to be, you know, targeting all kinds of interest groups. And we just want to make sure that the people. Come out and support. Yes. Well, great. We're we're gonna put all the all this information in our show notes so people know how to um, donate. My personal way that I want to donate because you can do a reoccurring donation, and and you know I, I know that the folks that listen to this podcast are of all economic backgrounds. I, I love all of our students. We got some young people. If you could just think about the a box of tampons. Okay, this is the only okay. woman as as the as this airs, the only woman running. <laughs> Was put in like a weekly donation of five seventy five, which you pay for your tampons, and support Wendy Carrillo. I like it. Yeah, I will just say, you know, think about that cup of coffee you're having. Don't, exactly. Don't have one cup of coffee per week and donate. See, but see, yes, to do it. Periods <laughs> yeah. are not optional, so donate. <laughs> it's, it's all it, and it and you know what? It all adds up. And so I've I've had people say, well, I don't have a lot of money. I can only donate ten dollars, and it's like. It all adds up. If you have 100 people donating $10 every week, like it adds up or every month. And so don't ever think that your donation is too small because, yeah. you know, it's all it's it's all that little money that ends little up adding, yeah. adding in a big way. And, you know, another opportunity to help is to sign up and volunteer, especially if you live in the communities that I mentioned mm-hmm. and you're a voter. We need precinct captains. We need people to hold people accountable. One of the things that we're thankfully in California, what we're able to do starting this year is actually collect a ballot. So there are a lot of people that get their vote by mail ballot in the mail and they don't have a stamp and then they're going to go to the post office. You know what? This whole time I had to chase mine. Like I never actually got it. Yeah. (laughs) I have to get a provisional, but I I got the proof that I did vote each time. But geez. Yeah, it's yeah, it can be daunting. And so we want to collect as many as we can. We want to talk to the senora that's a voter that doesn't have time, that's working three jobs. You know, the whatever it is, whatever your your background is, but we just want to make sure that people are engaged and inspired to vote and understand the importance of what it is to have representation that comes from the community, mm-hmm. that knows your issues, that has lived those same experiences, and that wants to bring people together, which is what we're about. That's it. And Brenda, I'm about to use your address so that I can vote here. <laughs> well, unfortunately, okay. I don't live in the district. Oh. Or somebody's address. <laughs> I want to vote. No, no fraudulent actions, everybody. <laughs> Somebody's podcast does not promote that. Okay, very quickly, just because we, we got to wrap up. Um, yeah. We want to ask you. We could talk forever. No, I will have you back. Like, have I you know, seen the handman's tale? That's oh, so. my God. <laughs> That's why we want to support women, because we don't want that future. Oh, <laughs> man. So support women. Women, 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 women. Okay. <laughs> women. So we ask our guests the same three questions at the end. First one is, what's your favorite snack? Oh, my favorite snack. Uh, salty Crunchy. Oh, what are those? Whatever it is. <laughs> it's like a combination. Oh, I would salty. buy Salty Crunchy. What are we I know, that sounds this? good. Salty Crunchy. I want some Salty Crunchy right now. <laughs> it's like, it's like I can think of like a like a peanut butter cookie with like sea salt on top. Mm, that sounds good. Salty cool. Crunchy. Mm-hmm. Salty Crunchy. You should pitch that to your Silver Lake. Hashtag Salty Crunchy. Yes. Salty, salty Crunchy. crunchy. <laughs> salty yeah. Crunchy. Salty Crunchy. I love it. Okay. Jeff, get on it. Salty Crunchy. crunchy. Salty Crunchy. <laughs> Salty crunchy. 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 Salty cr
Salty crunchy, salty crunchy, salty crunchy, salty crunchy, salty crunchy. <laughs> a million dollar idea just to burn I know. Of I love it. People don't tank. <laughs> exactly. We have that too. We have our segment reinvent things. Um, what's your second question? Uh, what is your? What would be your telenovela name if you had one, or if you were the main character? Oh what my would gosh! That be? Oh my gosh! I don't know. I think last time I said like multiple names. <laughs> I just I want to be like a villain in a telenovela. I think oh, they have more right? fun. I think right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like those are the best characters. It's Queen Clavabosa. Yeah. <laughs> love it, love it, love it. Whatever it is, I want to be a villain. La villana. Okay. La villana. Wendy la villana. No, Wendy's not a villana. Name, no. Be like, like, uh, like, um, I don't know, something with an, like, I was thinking something with an M. <laughs> Mercedes la villana. <laughs> and then, uh, oh, if you had a chancla uh-huh. to throw at, I know you've, 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 you've been on the show before, you've thrown them before, but who gets your chancla now? <sighs> who gets the chancla, oh, right? First in place thing. Could be you fun. know what? Who gets the chancla? All the men that don't think Wonder Woman was amazing. What? They get the chanclazo. Yes. Uh-uh. You know, there was a theater that, that had all women an all women showing. Yeah, yeah, and some guys. Right? And the men were like, what is this? This is like discrimination, oh blah, blah, blah. It's like, they get the tank class off. They get out of here, the tank <laughs> Well, Wendy, you're our Wonder Woman. Yes. We're going to support you. We're going to put, put all the information so that folks can get to know you and support you as well. So thank you so much for stopping by. Thank you for having me. Muchas gracias. Hey, Luis, it's time for our brand new segment, Molcajete. I'm so excited. What Molcajete do you have to share with us today? So we have a lot of amazing vendors that participate at Molcajete Dominguero. Um, But the one that I would like to talk about, his name is Ramiro, and he creates these awesome t-shirts. The name of his company is called Jotax Wear. Jx? Yes, Jx. So Jotax Wear. And he creates these amazing t-shirts with some really great... um, sayings on them so like he has a t-shirt that says mi existir es resistir which is one of his more popular um, items that he has on his website and that he sells at Molcajete Dominguero and recently I actually created a um, a sticker in the La Jota app of this t-shirt so so reminder to folks what is La Jota app La Jota app is a an, uh, a sticker app we can't call it emoji but it, basically that's what it is for all iOS devices and uh, you can download it free but Again, going back to Ramiro and Hotax, where his T-shirts and his um, phrases that he puts on them are really, really cool. Um, and so I definitely... How, do, how can people get a hold of him? Yes. So I would definitely recommend for you to visit his um, Instagram, which is Hotaxware. That's J-O-T-X-W-E-A-R. And his website is Hotaxware.com. Again, that's J-O-T-X-W-E-A-R.com. Very cool. What you just mentioned also reminded me of um, Ben the Hex. Ben the Hex. Uh, if you want to check out the Hood Digest, is another amazing person to follow on Instagram. Oh, yes, He's our friend. He's our buddy. He gave us a Ben the Hex T-shirt Thank that you. you all saw on our t- on our Instagram. So check out both of these things. We'll put it all in our notes. But we love highlighting great side hustles at yes. on the Molcajete segment. Well, it's uh, the end of the episode. Yes. You got any chanclas or matracas? I don't have any. Chanclasos or matracasos. What about you? Do you have any? Well, you know what? I think we heard some really great ones from Audrey and Wendy. So we're going to go ahead and leave it at that. But thank you once again for listening to Tamarindo Podcast. Don't forget we have tamarindopodcast.com. I know, tamarindopodcast.com. That's so awesome. And don't forget to rate us on iTunes. Give us a five-star rating and uh, leave us a message. We really appreciate that. And that also will help uh, our podcast be more visible. That's right. Okay, so ponte un sweater. Nos vemos en el sweater.
Guess who has summer birthdays? Even the Kian, tell me. Both of us. <laughs> That's right. And what, what do you want, Luis, for your birthday? And, you know, I just want people to write us a review. What? Just write us a review. Please, show us your love. Yes. It doesn't cost you a thing. I know. Just It's write free. us a review on iTunes. Give us five-star ratings. Tell us what you like about the podcast. We'll be more than happy. What yeah, that's Same? that's exactly what I want for my birthday. So why don't we do that? Happy birthday to all the summer birthdays, just like Brenda and Luis. Yes. Cuando mi arrendador dijo que el alquiler podría ser más barato si fuéramos amigos con beneficios. Había oído hablar de acoso sexual en el lugar de trabajo, pero en mi casa. Eso es discriminación en la vivienda basada en el sexo. La gente de bienes raíces dijo que estaríamos más cómodos viviendo en un vecindario diferente con gente como nosotros. Por suerte conocíamos nuestros derechos. Es ilegal asustar a los posibles propietarios para que se alejen de ciertos vecindarios en función de raza o nacionalidad. Si usted cree que sufrió discriminación o tiene preguntas sobre sus derechos, comuníquese con Fair Housing Foundation, Fundación de Vivienda Justa, al 800-446-3247 o también en línea en fhfca.org. La vivienda justa es su derecho. Este es un anuncio de servicio público de Fair Housing Foundation y respaldado por el Departamento de Vivienda y Desarrollo Urbano HUD bajo la subvención de FIPPI, FPEI, 220099 Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.